0: Pastor Xavier Reese signaling the simple truths and hope of the gospel.
1: Many a soldier have been able to hold out despite of the fierce fighting and the horrible carnage. For long periods of time in battle, when they have heard and known that there is help coming. This is a constant message through Isaiah. Jesus is coming. Messiah is coming. Have hope in God, His
0: promises. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Second Coming of Jesus, a glorious event often taught about in sermons and Bible studies everywhere. But what does Scripture say about where the Messiah will come? Pastor Xavier takes us to Isaiah chapters 59 and 60, which not only pinpoints where Jesus will make his return, but how this ancient city will be transformed to shine with the light of his glory thereafter.
1: Throughout the history of man, there have been individuals or groups of people who have attempted to establish some utopia or paradise here on earth, some with good intentions, others with selfish intentions. But... They all have found out with time that their little paradise turns into chaos. The problem of man cannot be solved with his external environment, but with internal transformation of his depraved nature. The message is entitled, The Coming King to Zion. We will not see a world as God intended until he returns and sets up the kingdom. We will try, we will, men and generations, but they will all fail. They may experience a glimpse for a little bit, but given time, there are problems. A man has fallen under the curse and has bent us towards evil, having himself primarily in mind. But the promise is that one day, this will all be over. As Jesus sets up the kingdom, And though we know that there will be people who will be born and will still have sin nature during the kingdom, Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. It will be perfect. The prophet Isaiah, in this section of scripture, declares to us the future glory of Zion. And it falls into three progressive movements. Let me begin at verse 20 of chapter 59. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my word which I have put in your mouth. Shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from the time and forevermore. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, by the, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, the kings of the brightness of, of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea... Shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels will cover your land, and dromedaries of Medium and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you, and rams of uh, Nebioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these who fly like the cloud and like doves to their roast? Surely the coastlands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build up their walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you. But in my favor, I have mercy on you. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually, and they shall not be shut day and night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and the kings in procession. For the nation of kingdoms, will, which will not serve you, shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, of the pine, and the box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. I will make the place of my my footstool. Or or my feet glorious, and the sons of those who afflict you shall come bowing to you, and all those who despise you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion, of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no one went through you. I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of the Gentiles and milk the breast of kings. You shall know that I, the Lord, and your Savior, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. And instead of stones, iron. I will also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your... Walls, salvation, and your gates, praise. The prophet Isaiah declares to us the glory of Zion. Three progressive movements. First, we have the proclamation to Zion beginning verse 20 of chapter 59, and it goes down to verse 3 of chapter 60. That's the natural division. Secondly, the exaltation of Zion is found in verse 4 through 9 of chapter 60. And then the restoration of Zion is in verse 10 through 18. So Isaiah begins with the proclamation to Zion here in verse 20. Notice first the promise is that the Redeemer will come to a certain place. Zion identifies Jerusalem on earth. Zion is called the city of David throughout the scripture, 2 Samuel 5, 7, 1 Kings 8, 1, many other areas. The geographical location is called Mount Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Isaiah has told us that through his book in chapter 4, verse 5, chapter 18, verse 18, uh, 10, 12, verse 32, many other passages. Isaiah told us also that at that time when he I was speaking in chapter 24, verse 23. Then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. So Mount Zion, Jerusalem, the mountain, the hill, the geographical location, we can't miss it. It's key to the book of Isaiah. The message is repent of of your sin that you're living in. And repent in view of the Lord's coming. That's a twofold message. That is the message of Malachi. That is the message of the ministry of John the Baptist. That's the message of Jesus Christ. That's the message of the church. We do not go to church just to feel good. We do not go to church just to get head knowledge. We do not go to church to just give an appearance of knowing God. We go to church, hopefully, because God has changed our life, and we worship, and we love Him, and we're coming more like Him. That's what church is about. Now, notice the coming one is identified as the Redeemer, and the word for Redeemer in the Hebrew is Goel, the Kingsman Redeemer, that has a lot of affiliations in the Old Testament with the Kingsman who was responsible for the blood avenging of a loved one who was killed by someone else, and he was the one to kill, to avenge. If the man was innocent, he could run to one of the six cities of refuge and there remain until the death of the high priest. If his court proved him to be innocent, if not, he would be stoned to death. He would not be covered. Also, the kingsman would be the one to ransom a family member out of bondage or out of servitude, and he would put up the money for him. Also, he was the redeemer who would take and marry his brother's wife if he died without having children, you remember the book of Ruth? That was the case with Boaz. He was the second in line. The first one was able to take Ruth, but he didn't want to because he would mar his inheritance. So he had to go through the whole ritual of losing his shoe. And they would spit in his face, He'd say, you're dishonorable. You don't want to take up seats, so on and so forth. And you get that whole backdrop there. Notice the Messiah is the king's Miguel of the Jews. He has avenged all of their offenses by the blood of the Messiah. He has made the ransom of their souls possible by trusting his death and resurrection. He has promised that he is going to marry Israel. All of this through the sacrifice of the Messiah in Isaiah 53. He's referring here to the second coming, the set of the kingdom, At Jerusalem. Notice, secondly, here in verse 20, that the promise is that the Redeemer will come not only to a certain place, but a certain people. The ones who he will be coming for is to the ones who have turned from their transgression, those who have repented of their sin, those who have seen their sin against God and convinced that they are under God's wrath and lost apart from him. Very specific. The backdrop, you know, is their sinful religious pretentiousness of chapter 59, verse 1 through 19. That's what God said he couldn't hear them. Notice the ones who he will be coming to are those, here's a phrase, in Jacob. The particular people are said to be the Jews. You cannot apply it to anybody else. There is no way to distort this. Now certainly we can make it in principle he's coming back for us who are Christians, the church, but the context here is Israel. Remember Paul? He quoted this verse to the Romans in Romans 11:25 25 through 27, where he says, "'For I do not desire, brethren, "'that you should be ignorant,' Of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Paul picks it up. He says, don't be boasting as Gentiles that, that you're better than Israel. Listen, they're the natural branch. You're the grafted branch. You're the wild olive branch. And if you cut them off, he'll cut you off. <laughs> I like Paul. He sets people in order. Now notice thirdly in verse 21, the promise is based on his covenant. His covenant is the one that he made with Abraham, the eternal covenant in Genesis seventeen seventeen. 17. 17. The remnant of God, those who are true Israel, circumcised in heart, Paul tells us in Romans two twenty-eight and 29. For not all who say are Israel are Israel. Not everybody who says they're a Christian are a Christian. It's just that simple. The prophet has mentioned the very phrase remnant 15 times throughout his book. Besides the allusions and indirect references to the remnant, he keeps promising to give them hope. There's a remnant, there's a remnant, the faithful, I'll take care of them. The covenant is based on the suffering servant of the Messiah, As he's told us in Isaiah 53, 42, 50, 53, many, many other passages. Now, notice the promise is his spirit upon them. Ezekiel mentions this. But his focus is on the new heart and the new spirit that's placed in them, Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Joel, if you remember, also mentions this. But he tells us that the pouring out of God's spirit would be on the Jew, but it would begin in the tribulation period and that which their sons and their daughters would prophesy. The old men would have dreams and the young men visions as well as miraculous signs in Joel 2, 28 through 32. You remember Peter quoted this in the day of Pentecost? And he didn't make any distinction between first and second coming. He quoted the whole thing, and we know it wasn't all fulfilled. So once again in the tribulation period, God's Spirit is going to be poured upon Israel, and it will begin. Then they will enter the Millennial Kingdom. Notice the promise is His word also in their mouth. In fact, Isaiah already told us that in that day when Jesus reigns in Zion, chapter 2, verse 3 says, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of of the God of Jacob, who will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There's going to be many Gentiles to enter the kingdom. They will go to Jerusalem. This is mentioned by Jeremiah. And his focus is on the law being placed in their mind. And they shall know him. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. In their mind, the law. And they will know him. And so... They are not to depart from their mouth, he says, their children, their children's children, and their children. This was the very word given to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. You shall meditate upon the word day and night. Then you shall be prosperous, have good success. This was the condition for occupying the land. They failed in that condition, and they went into bondage. In the kingdom, it will be ultimately fulfilled in Israel. But notice fourthly here in verse 1 through 3. The promises that her day, listen, has arrived. A done deal. He did that in chapter 53, the sacrifice, a done deal. Already accomplished. The city is called to arise and accept her glory. Notice the double imperative of Isaiah again stand up and let us see your radiant glory. Isaiah has declared her exalted place already in chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 in the kingdom. He began the heavenly trial in chapter 1, and then he tells him in chapter 2, the beginning, the kingdom. The beginning of the end. The beginning is repentance. The end is restoration. Right in the very first two chapters. Isaiah has called her to awake and to sit on her throne already in chapter 52, verse 1 and 2. This is a repeated promise to Israel over and over and over again throughout his book. Now notice the reason for her shining is that the glory of the Lord has risen upon her. It is not due to anything of her own character. He is her king and in her midst, and it is his divine glory. Even as the moon reflects the light of the sun, the moon has no light in herself. So Israel is a reflector of the glory of God. The second division of Isaiah, if you recall, opened up with the phrase, comfort, yes, comfort my people and the fact that her sins had been pardoned in chapter 40, verse 1 and 2. That's the major division, like Old Testament and New Testament. The prophet also declared that the glory of the Lord would be revealed in all flesh, would see it all together in chapter 40, verse 5. Talking about the incarnation. The promise of remarrying the wife that had been put away has already been promised in chapter 50. The Messiah and the message of his substitutionary death for sinful man has already been declared clearly in chapter 53. Everything has been set up. Everything's done. Notice the location of Zion will become the light of the nations. This is surprising to the world. Verse 2 and 3. Darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness. The people prior. To the establishing. Of Zion. This indirectly implies. To the 7 year. Of tribulation. And great tribulation. The world will be dark. The world will be headed by the antichrist. As we'll see. Zechariah says, Zechariah twelve three, Jerusalem will be made a heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Is that prophetic or what? Israel rejected her Messiah. He wept over Jerusalem. You should not see me henceforth till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Gives her up. Notice the Lord will rise upon her. And his glory will be seen upon her. The Lord will deal with Israel as a nation. During the great tribulation. To prepare her for her Messiah. Israel. The Orthodox Jews are looking for their Messiah. They're expecting their Messiah. Then when he comes to Zion. As her husband. And taking her as his wife, he will honor her and all glory will be seen on her. Even as a husband takes a wife and the wedding comes, everybody in the room's eyes are upon the bride, not on the baboon. (laughs) They're on the bride. But the glory that's given to the woman is by virtue of the man. He has asked her to be married to him. It is the man who elevates the woman, not the woman, the man. It is the man who gives his name to the woman. It is the man who will take a woman who perhaps has had a a, a horrible past and in his love marry her, and he will bring her up to the level of his social standing And she will be embraced and accepted. It is never the reverse, even though there are exceptions, but it's not the natural thing. It's just the way God has made it. The nations of the world will come to Zion. This is the kingdom age. The Gentiles will be attracted by her light. The kings will be attracted to her exaltation. That's not the case right now. Right now, it's hatred towards Israel. Many a soldier have been able to hold out despite of the fierce fighting and the horrible carnage for long periods of time in battle when they have heard and known that there is help coming. This is a constant message through Isaiah. Jesus is coming, Messiah is coming. And that ray of hope will cause you to hang on. They did an experiment with sewer rats, and they put them in, in water to see how long they could survive, and they drowned real quick. Then they took those same rats, and then just before they were going to drown them at the same time, they pulled them out, let them rest, put them back in. They kept extending their thing. They went from minutes to hours to survive because every time they were going to go down, they pulled them out. And that when they put them back in the water, they kept in their mind, I'm going to be rescued. And they kept getting longer and longer endurance. That's why it's important for you and myself to be in the Word of God when you're down and you think that everything's over and God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, all things are against me. Hey, if I'm for you, who can be against you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Endurance. Perseverance. You fill up your car with gas, don't you? When it starts coughing. Well, you start coughing, you better stay in the Word of God. Have hope in God. His promises. When Jesus rode to Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey, he fulfilled Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. But it was misunderstood and only partially fulfilled. You remember in Matthew 21, the triumphal entry. The first coming was for salvation. Listen to him, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just in having salvation, lowly riding on a donkey. The second coming is in the following verse, which hardly anybody ever touches. Listen to him for setting up the kingdom. He says, A colt on the full donkey. He says, I will cut off the chariots from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. Verse 10. That's the second coming. This is why the disciples were all looking for the establishment of the kingdom. This is why James and John says, Lord, can we have the left hand, the right hand in Mark 10, 37? This is why even after the resurrection in Acts 1, 6, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? He says, go away. Just tarry till the Holy Spirit falls upon you. They never saw the age of grace. They never saw the church age because they had in their mind, the Jewish mind, a concrete Messiah. He's going to come to set up the kingdom. Two ages, the present age and the age to come.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees, wrapping up our time together by offering some important clarification for the prophetic fulfillment of the coming King and Kingdom. In fact, today's message is titled, The Coming King to Zion. And as always, it's available on CD for only $4. We're only partway through this important message from our series in the book of Isaiah. And if you'd like to pour over this study more in depth at your own pace and convenience, or perhaps share with a friend, why not request a copy today? Once again, the title to ask for is The Coming King to Zion, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us with our stewardship of this outreach. And don't forget to tell a friend and join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese next time right here.